Today is Friday. It's the first of February, two thousand nineteen. Today it's the eleventh day that you are practicing metta meditation. And so Sayado has seen, has come, has, it, has heard from you that the practice of metta meditation has become quite good, that the practice is going quite well. The practice of metta meditation is something that actually everybody should do. So, if everybody would dwell in metta, live with metta, then there would be no problems uh, or there would be no anger among people, no anger and enmity within a house, no anger, enmity within a town or within a country or in the world. So if one is dwelling with metta, abiding in metta, living with metta, then this is called, or such a person is called a Brahma Vihari one abiding like the Brahmas. A Brahma Vihara, this means a sublime abiding, um, boundless or yeah, sublime abiding or dwelling. And a Brahma Vihari, this uh, refers to a person who is abiding, uh, a person who abides in a sublime abiding. And so it also means that um, it's the person can be called, it's a noble person. Um, a superior person. So this refers to persons like Ariyas, those who have attained any stage of enlightenment, or the or those 
uh, or the Brahmas abiding in such a sublime state. And now that you are dwelling with metta, cultivating metta, now you are also Brahma Vihari. Or uh, you are also Metta Yogis. So these Metta Yogis, they are actually all Brahma Viharis. So now Sayadaw will no longer call you Metta Yogis, but Brahma Viharis. So you should understand that now cultivating metta um, and as such being and as such you are virtuous people, you are noble people like Ariyas, you are like the Brahmas, like the uh, celestial beings. So now you're living with metta, dwelling in metta, then you die with metta, and then you're reborn in the Brahma realm as a Brahma. That's why you're a Brahma Vihari. So you should always uh, dwell in metta, live with metta. So now today, Sayada will talk about the metta jhanas, the absorptions based on metta, explaining this to the metta meditators or Brahma Vihari. So what we call metta jhana, this is the strong, deep concentration that can be achieved through the practice of metta meditation. So, <clears throat> so please remember this. Uh, what we call metta jhana is the deep state of concentration that we achieve through the practice 
of metta meditation. The, this concentration uh, is called samadhi, and this means when the mind is deeply concentrated or one-pointedly focused. So we can distinguish four different levels of metta jhanas. And these four levels of jhanas are referred to as the first jhana, the second jhana, the third jhana, and the fourth jhana. So, when one engages in the practice of metta meditation, and then when the concentration deepens, so then, depending on the depth of one's concentration, one uh, attains the respective level of jhana. So when the metta samadhi, the concentration based on the metta practice, becomes deep and strong, so then uh, this can be referred to as the first jhana. And then, when the concentration based on the metta practice becomes even deeper, then one can attain the second jhana. And then, when one continues with one's practice diligently and carefully, and when one's concentration becomes even deeper, then one attains the third jhana. And again, if one continues the practice diligently, carefully, then the concentration based on metta becomes even deeper and with that one attains the fourth jhana. So the first jhana, um, when one attains the first jhana, there are five mental factors present. So, uh, the cha- five jhana factors. And these five jhana factors are, for, number one is vitaka, initial application. The second one is vichara, sustained application. 
the third is piti, rapture, the fourth is sukha, happiness, and the fifth is ekagata, one-pointedness. So the first uh, factor, Vitaka, the initial application, this is the mental factor that directs the mind to the object of one's metta meditation. It's the inclination of the mind towards the object of one's metta meditation, directing the mind to the object. That's Vitaka, initial application. So this is like throwing a stone at a wall. So throwing the, sto- the stone at the wall, this is like the initial application. So, let's say you are cultivating metta towards a teacher. So, the teacher being the object of your metta meditation. And so, you direct your mind towards the teacher and using the, the metta wish like, may the teacher be happy and well. So, directing this wish, these words, um, towards the teacher. Or wishing, may the teacher be happy and peaceful. Again, with this, it's directing the mind towards the object, the teacher. So this vitaka, the initial application, this is the repeated directing of the mind towards the object. Uh, as the example is the teacher wishing, uh, may my teacher be happy and well. So with that, it's directing the mind towards the object of one's metta meditation and with each repetition, it's directing again and again the mind 
towards the object. Like the example with the stone, throwing a stone at the wall. So, and not only one stone, but um, having many stones and throwing one stone after the other at the wall. So this is vitaka, the jhana factor of initial application. Then the second factor is vichara, sustained application. And this is the mental factor that is like hovering um, above the object. And then the factor of ekagata, one-pointedness. This is when the mind is one-pointedly focused on the object of one's meditation. One-pointedly focused or um, almost like um, sinking into the object uh, of one's meta-meditation. So, let's say the teacher is the object of one's metta meditation, and so this means uh, with one pointedness, the mind uh, stays one pointedly with this object, meaning the mind does no longer go out, it doesn't go to any other person, it does not wander, but it one-pointedly stays with the object of one's meditation. In the interviews, um, quite a number of yogis, meditators, have reported to Sayadaw that when cultivating metta towards uh, a person, that the mind uh, firmly stays with that person, or they said that it felt like the mind is absorbed uh, in this person, or, or like has sunk into that person. Then another jhana factor is piti. This is a pleasurable interest in the object. We can call it rapture or zest. So the beginning was money, 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 huh? 
So it's like when one gets some money or when one finds some money, so then one is pleased, one is happy, one is joyous. And then another factor is sukha, and this is happiness. And um, also in the interviews, uh, quite a number of meditators have related that uh, while doing the metta meditation, that they felt very happy, that the mind was very happy, uh, elated, and they also felt very happy or light in the body. So this is the nature of sukha, happiness. Or when people simply say, uh, today the practice of metta meditation went very well, or it, um, it was joyful to practice. So this is sukha, happiness. So, when the following five jhana factors are present, then one has attained the first jhana. So, the jhana factors of vitaka, initial application, vichara, sustained application, piti, uh, rapture, sukha, happiness, and ekagata, one-pointedness. These five factors, they constitute the first jhana. So, in the scriptures, they, gave, uh, they give an example, which is very good. So, it's the example of a bee. A bee um, flying towards the flower and then when it reaches the flower, first of all hovering above the flower and after that then landing on the flower and then starting to suck the nectar of the flower and then be being very happy. 
So have you ever seen a bee who is sucking the nectar of a flower? Yes, you have seen. If you have not seen it, then go and uh, study it, explore it. So, you have surely seen um, that, like the bee, uh, the bee, first of all, is flying uh, towards the flower, and then when it has reached the flower, first of all, it just hovers a little bit above the flower before then landing on the flower, sitting on the flower, and then um, drinking the nectar of the flower, and after that being very happy. And so likewise, um, now that you are cultivating metta, so by repeating the metta wish, um, this is directing your mind towards the object of your meditation. And this is like the, fla- the bee that flies to the flower. And this is vitaka, in um, initial application. And then, in your practice of metta meditation, repeating the metta wish again and again, may this person be well, happy, and peaceful. May this person be well, happy, and peaceful. So, repeatedly uh, cultivating this wish, this is the sustained application, vichara. So then as you or then sometimes there is no long you know you no longer need the words um, of wishing this other person to be happy and well when the mind stays 
with the person who is the object of your meta-meditation. So when it is just um, in contact with that person for whom you are wishing to be happy and well. And this is like the bee who has reached the flower but is just flying just a little bit above the flower, the bee that is hovering above the flower. And then for metta meditators, when um, the mind is one-pointedly focused on the object of your metta meditation, when the mind sticks to the object of your metta meditation, or even when the mind sinks into the object of metta meditation, then this is called ekagata, one-pointedness. And this is compared to the bee that has landed on the flower, that is sitting on the flower, and that is now sucking the nectar from the flower. And so then, uh, after that, for the metta meditators, then there arises uh, pleasure, rapture, zest, and this is pity, rapture, but also the mind becomes happy, and this is sukha. And this is compared to the bee that has sucked the nectar and is now full, and so the flea, uh, the, the bee flies away from the flower, and uh, the bee is is very um, joyous, um, is full of rapture, and it is also happy. So you can understand when these five mental factors are present, then you have attained the first jhana. And then when you continue with your practice, 
then you can attain, attain the second jhana. And the concentration, the samadhi, is better in the second jhana than it is in the first jhana. When one attains the second jhana, then the mental factor of vitaka, initial application, is no longer present. This means that in the second jhana there is no longer any need to, to make the effort of directing the mind to the object of one's meditation. So let's say when Vitaka, the initial application, is present, then you know, with um, cultivating the metta wish once, then the metta or the mind is directed to the object. With the second repetition of the wish, again, the mind is directed at the object. With the third repetition of the wish, the mind uh, is directed to the object. But now in the second jhana, this vitaka, this mental factor, is no longer present. Now, in the second jhana, when one is cultivating the metta, the metta is immediately um, next to the, to the object or um, it's near the, the object. It's just like hovering above the object. So this is vichara, the sustained application. And the other mental factors of ekagata, one-pointedness, piti, rapture, and sukha, happiness, they are the same as in the first jhana. However, these mental factors um, are more obvious or stronger in the second jhana. So this means that ekagata, the one-pointedness, is stronger. Piti, rapture, uh, is also more obvious and stronger and also sukha, the happiness, is stronger and more obvious.
And then, when one continues with one's practice, and when the samadhi, the concentration, becomes even better, then one attains the third jhana. In the third jhana, the factors of vitaka, initial application, and vichara, sustained application, is no longer uh, present. In this third jhana, there are three jhana factors, mental factors, the factors of ekagata, one-pointedness, piti, rapture, and sukha, happiness. So at this stage, vitaka, directing the mind to the object, is no longer present also vichara, the sustained application, like just the mind hovering near the object, is no longer present, but the mind is just one-pointedly focused on the object. So this is like so this one-pointedness of the mind this is like a person uh, in the water, like completely submerged under the water. So when a person is submerged in the water, then there is water all around the person. Above the head there is water, below there is water, on either side there is water. And likewise, when the mind is one-pointedly absorbed in the object of one's metta-meditation, so then, uh, yeah, the metta is completely um, absorbed in the object or uh, in the person who is the object of one's metta meditation. So the mind uh, does not go out anymore or if it goes out it's just very briefly but it comes immediately back to the object. So this is the nature of ekagata, of one-pointedness. And so at that time, 
there arises a pleasurable interest in the object, rapture or zest, and also the mind becomes full of happiness. So the pleasurable interest, the rapture, this is pity, and the happiness, that's sukha. So, when you find that these three uh, mental factors are present, the mental factors of ekagata, one-pointedness, piti, rapture, and sukha, happiness, then uh, you can conclude that you have attained the third jhana, the third jhana based on the practice of metta. And then from there, when you continue your practice, you can attain the fourth jhana. And in the fourth jhana, there are only two jhana factors. It's the factors of ekagata, one-pointedness, and sukha, happiness. So then, vitaka, initial application, vichara, sustained application, and piti, rapture, they are no longer present. So then, uh, at that stage, the, the pleasurable interest or the elatedness, the rapture, is no longer present but there is just this happiness and uh, it feels like the mind or the practice is going very well and very smoothly. And it also feels as if one doesn't need to make any effort to practice. It seems as if the practice is going by itself. So at that time, the mind is one-pointedly focused in the object or submerged in the object. That's ekagata, one-pointedness. And the mind is full of happiness or full of peace and this is sukha. So then you can understand that when these two jhana factors of ekagata, one-pointedness, 
and sukha, happiness, are present, that with that you have attained the fourth jhana based on the metta practice. So Sayadaw uh, asks uh, metta viharis, which which jhana have you attained? Have you attained the first jhana, or the second, or the third, or the fourth? We don't know. <laughs> so, um, you know, take again the example of the bee. So reflect whether or not you have attained the jhana. Or sorry, um, can you fly? So if you cannot fly towards the flower, then you have not attained the jhana yet. So after this talk, you need to fly. <laughs> so some, some people think that when one has attained the jhana, one is able to fly through the air. So, only attaining the jhana is not enough to be able to fly through the air, but one would need to um, uh, cultivate the jhanas, uh, very deep states of jhana, and then from there one can develop the so-called supernormal powers, which are, for example, to fly through the air, or to walk on water. With the practice of metta meditation, one can attain the first jhana, the second jhana, the third jhana, and the fourth jhana. So up to the fourth jhana. So when one practices metta meditation, one cannot attain the fifth jhana. So if you want to attain the fifth jhana, then you would need to practice the upeka, equanimity, as you know, one of the four Brahma-viharas. Yeah. 
So if you engage in the cultivation of equanimity, upekha, one of the Brahma Viharas, then with this practice you can attain the fifth jhana. So if you cultivate equanimity as a Brahma Vihara, Upeka, then you would cultivate it with the phrase like Sabi Sata Kamasaka, Sabi Sata Kamasaka, meaning all beings have Kama. Yes, the meaning is all beings um, are the heir of their actions or all beings fare according to their karma, to their um, intentional actions. So when one uh, cultivates upeka, equanimity, so then there is not this metta-wish, like uh, the wish for uh, the, the happiness or uh, well-being of beings. There is also no wish to, to hurt or harm uh, living beings. There is also uh, no wish to, uh, to crave for something or to wish anything good. It's just this equanimous state of mind. So, engaging in these practices, so the attainment of the first, second, third, fourth or fifth jhana is the result or the effect of the practice and engaging in the metta meditation practice. So this is doing the practice, engaging in this practice is the cause and then attaining either the first, second, third or fourth jhana, that's the result or an effect of the practice. So, a result or the effect is based on, on a cause. And so, if one establishes the cause, if one works on the cause, then it is for sure that it will bear a result or an effect. So, 
So if one uh, establishes the cause, the conditions very well, then there is no need to hope for an effect to take place. If one does not establish the necessary cause, if one does not work for it well, then even though one hopes um, or longs for an effect, the effect or the result will not uh, manifest. So, the cultivation of metta or doing the metta practice is the cause and attaining the jhana is the effect. So now you are engaging in the metta meditation practice, you are engaging in establishing the cause. So for example, it's like a person who receive who receives his or her monthly wage salary. So if the person dutifully works for the whole month, then at the end of the month she or he will get the salary. Um, so all the person needs to do is to do the work and do the work well and in this way the person does not hope, does not need to hope or to long for getting the salary at the end of the month. He or she will just get the salary. But if the person doesn't do the work, then she or he will not get the money. So if one does the work, one will get the money. If one doesn't do the work, one will not get the money. So, and when there is no money, one has no money to buy food. With no money, one cannot get clothes. With no money, um, one cannot pay for a place to stay. And with no money, one cannot buy any material things. And so with that, um, one, one suffers uh, on account of not having food, of not having clothes, of not having a place to live, and of not having 
uh, material things. If one works, if one does the work, then one gets money, and with the money one can buy food, clothes, one can pay for a place to stay, one can buy other material things, and with that one is happy. So, and likewise, if you want to attain the jhanas, if you want to experience the happiness based on the jhanas, then you need to work on the cause, which means to engage in the practice of metta meditation. And so engaging in the practice and by this attaining the jhana, then you experience the, the happiness and peace uh, of the jhana. Um, experiencing and um, being amazed by the, the happiness and the peacefulness that you're experiencing and then the time flies very quickly. So one hour does not feel at all like one hour. So may all of you, by uh, continuing with your metta practice, be able to attain the jhanas based on metta and experience the happiness and peace of it. May you all become noble persons, um, virtuous persons, and uh, attain the Brahma realm or live like the Brahmas. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. sadhu.